0: Um, so, um, Karen, can come down a sec. Oh. Yeah, you can have a little I that's all right. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do.
1: Oh. well, hello. hello. I wasn't expecting this at all. I'm here with my friends. I'm not doing this on my own. I'm here with my friends, Lisa and Tia. Hi. We've come, well, Tia and I have come from Weymouth. In Dorset. Lissa has come from Wilton in Wiltshire. And we love you guys, even though we've not met before, but we are one in the spirit, aren't we? And sorry, I'm trying to say this without picking you up. Now. It's a bit difficult now, isn't it? So we're friends on Facebook. Yes, yes. On Facebook. Peter back there, we're friends on Facebook. Hello. I don't do Facebook very much, but you're all welcome to be my friends. Um, yeah, so we just felt a prompting. I love that. We were talking in the car on the way here about who in the car was spontaneous, and we, all three of us put, sort of put our hands up, and it just felt like today is a good day to come, and I really want to encourage you guys that you are influencers beyond the walls of this place and I love what you're doing with the prayer farm because you are putting your words into action and keep doing it because it's amazing can I go back no. to my
0: seat <laughs> not just yet, no so I, I feel God wants to say something to you okay. I want to pray for you as well so Lord I thank you for Karen Lord Jesus thank you um, that she's come down here with her friends Lord Jesus um, I believe God wants to say to you as well that um, he wants you to carry something back with you and uh, you have for a long time, you've seen God do some wonderful, remarkable things, but you've also seen a lot of disappointments and you have a lot of questions. And I just believe Father God wants to say to you that the days of disappointments are over for you and that you're going to just see these things that, that I've been placing in your heart, that I've been birthing in you, and you've been birthing these things for a very, very long time. But now is the time for these things to be birthed. And God wants to say to you, I'm going to fill you with joy now, no more discontent, no more sadness and weariness, but I'm going to fill you with joy. And so, Lord, I just pray you just fill Karen, Lord, with this first fruit spirit, Lord, of what you're about to do to this nation, Lord Jesus. And I pray that she'll go back, Lord God, into her guys and the house of prayer and stuff. And I just pray, Lord, that you use her to impart something, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I pray as she leaves here today, Lord God, she'll just feel that fire in her belly, Lord God, and knowing that she is forever changed. She is the bearer of a new mantle. She's the bearer of the new wine, the fresh wine of the kingdom and the fresh oil that's about to be poured out in these days. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Okay, Okay, so let's uh, turn in your Bible to 2 Samuel. and we're going to look from verse 11 onwards so 2nd Samuel chapter 6 sorry and from yeah, it would help, it? and from verse 11 God's been, like, been meditating on this passage all week and it's just been really really just amazing you know what the Holy Spirit's been showing and it says here, it says the Ark of the Lord, now let me give you a bit of a backstory King David um, he wanted to get the Ark of the Covenant to come from where it was up the road, about 20 miles away, and he wanted to bring it into the city of Jerusalem. But he didn't do it according to the way prescribed in Scripture. So he had it basically put on an ox cart with some ox pulling it, and you know, were sacrificing and having fun in front of it. Um, but of course, it's supposed to be the priests that are supposed to carry it, but they didn't. It was an ox and cart that brought it in. And we all know the story as when the Ark of the Covenant started going a little bit whoop, on, on, the, on a bumpy road, that Uzzah tried to put out his hand to uh, steady it and then boom, instant dead. And I imagine at that moment, King David must have just been distraught because he knew in that instant that was, that's on his head because he tried to bring the glory of God into the city of God, but he didn't do it in a way prescribed by God. He did it in a way that he just saw fit in his own eyes. And so we get to this part, this, this verse here, and it says, the Ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months. My wife calls me a Gittite sometimes. She, <laughs> so, um, she doesn't really. So <laughs> the Ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. And when it was reported to King David that the Lord had blessed the household of Obed-Edom and all that he possessed because of the Ark of God. And David went to bring up the Ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with joy. And as soon as the bearers of the Ark of the Lord had advanced six steps, he sacrificed an ox and a fatling. And on, on it goes. Now The second time he did it right. But I was, I was drawn to meditate on this passage of scripture. Now, the Ark of the Covenant, I don't know if you know, but according to, if you were Jewish back in the good old days, the Ark of the Covenant was the manifest presence of God. So uh, when Jonah, it says he tried to, you know, flee from God's presence, he was actually trying to get away as far away from that Ark of the Covenant as he could possibly get from the Holy Temple and all that stuff. He's just about the farther away. Where is he going to go? I'm just going to go as far away as I can and uh, just run away from God. Obviously, we now know in the modern days that God is omnipresent. But I want you to think for a minute about the Ark of the Covenant. okay? and we're going to put it in a modern day context. But I want you to really think about this. Now, if somebody brought in the Ark of the Covenant and put it right in front of me right now, okay, this is what I wouldn't do. I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't go near it, all right? Oh, well, I'd come near it, but I wouldn't get that close to it. And you go, well, Chris, but you're, you're of the new covenant. You're, you're, of a high, you know, you're a priest of the order of Melchizedek under the high priest of Jesus and stuff. You can touch it. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to try. I'm not going to take my chances if it's all right, because God has a prescribed way of dealing with things. And I'm not of the order of Aaron and I can't touch that thing. So let's just say, and I really want you to think about this, because this is what the Spirit wants to say to you today is imagine every one of you, right? You're sat at home watching some TV and you go ding-dongs so and knock at the door and you open the door and there's this big, uh, there's this guy there, these guys there with this big package all in wood and it's like, we've been told to drop this off to your house for the next six weeks. It's um, so like, we, we have to leave it here. Uh, okay, bring it in and they wheel it in into your front room and then put it down. They take off all the wooden panels and everything and there it is, the Ark of the Covenant in your front room. The Ark of the Covenant, the manifest presence of God in your front room. Now, how would you, how do you think that would make you feel? You know, I could imagine getting up at two o'clock in the morning like I do, go to the toilet. And uh, not quite. And I'm, I'm going to the toilet and then I'm aware, God's that presence, I could just feel his presence. It's downstairs in the front room. And the next day I go downstairs and I think, I'll just stick on some Star Trek or something and put it on, and then the TV's on for two seconds and it goes, and the TV just dies. Oh no. Put the radio on, that dies. Put my music on, that dies. And I just, I'm aware of this presence in my front room. And I go out to the kitchen to give my wife some silent treatment and have an argument with her or something. And, and as, I'm, as I'm having an argument with her, I just sense this pervasing presence coming over me. And I start to become convicted and see myself as I really am, that I am the one here that's in the wrong again. Mm-hmm. And I am the one that's, that's, that's here. No. I am the one here that's, that's in the wrong and I immediately stop what I do and I apologize and I repent. And sometimes I'll I'll have a quiet time in front of the Ark of the Covenant and I'll be reading my Bible. And then I'll get friends that come around and knock on the door saying, Hey, we'd love to see the Ark of the Covenant. We'd love to come and just sit in your front room where the Ark of the Covenant is. And before you know it, your house is like this kind of pilgrimage type shrine. People are just coming from all over just to sit in your front room to see and witness the manifest presence of God. And it's just there. It's just this big gold thing. It's just sat there. But the presence of God is there. And then suddenly God's favour starts to be rest upon you. And whatever you do and wherever you go, God's favour is upon you. Now, I don't know if you've ever done a study on Obed-Eden, but if you look at him and his children uh, in, in, in like the book of Samuel and Chronicles and stuff, these guys were really important guys because God's blessing was on them. God's holiness, God's purity, God's loveliness is right there in your front room. And then all of a sudden, your life starts to change. Imagine you have to take it with you everywhere you go as well. All right? So you go to work. And it's uh, bring Ark of the Covenant day to work day today. And so you just pop it down there while you know these special guys come in and put it down while you're at the workplace. You'll get the usual response. Some people will be offended because it's this Jewish thing. Or what nurse that doing at work, etc.? But other people will be drawn to it. And other people throughout their day will just start to well up and cry and get emotional because they're sensing the presence of something that's pervading them and is softening their hardened hearts. Something's changing in them. And you're changing. And at home, every night, Your front room is no longer an entertainment centre, but a place of worship and adoration of the living God. And you just bow before this thing, knowing that it represents the manifest presence of God. And it changes your life and it changes your heart. And everything that you do and everything that you are has changed because of the manifest presence of God that's in your house. We would all live very differently if we had an Ark of the Covenant in our house, right? Then comes the time where King David—he's—he's like—he's heard of this good report. He said, "Man, Obed-Edom! I mean, he's got people come into his house all the time, come to check out the Ark of the Covenant. People are people are so blessed. Obed-Edom's so blessed. I mean, you know, he's just like that guy. He's just so blessed. It's unbelievable." David is encouraged by this. Yes. If we can get the manifest presence of God out of someone's house and we can bring it into the city of God, just think how amazing that will be for everybody, not just the house of Obed-Edom. But this time, if we want to bring the glory of God back to the people of God, we must do it in a way that is done according to the Bible, and not done in a way that is about doing it man's ways or what seems right in his own eyes, but doing it accordingly as prescribed by the scriptures. And so David, he knew his scriptures well. He knew that it had to be held aloft by priests, or not priests, but the people of the order of Levi, because not all Levites were priests. Some of them dealt with the temple stuff. And so the the right family line had to be the ones that were called to carry this thing. Now, let's just say, right, you're at home one day, you get a letter through the letterbox saying, congratulations, you are one of... six people are going to carry the ark of the covenant next tuesday through town and you're going to carry it for a long time so uh, muscle up okay now these guys because it's a man thing i'm afraid but let's just no let's just not go there this is a man thing okay so all the guys only the men could do this so so i'm sorry so now they would know that that ark of the covenant now i know people say it was light as a feather maybe it was i don't know but let's just assume that it wasn't carrying the ark of the covenant was no easy task. And you couldn't just be a Levite and just go, yeah, Tuesday I'll come around, I'll pick up the Ark of the Covenant, we'll just walk it into the towns. There had to be a place of preparation. Those guys had to bathe themselves, be ceremonially perfect in every way so that when they carried that Ark of the Covenant, they don't get what happened to poor old Uzzah, where he gets struck down by God himself. Because he, it was he thought his hand was holier than the muck that the ground of which the ark could have fallen upon. And so these guys, man, they're not allowed to. They're not allowed to sleep with their wives. They're not allowed to do anything. They must you know, They can't go out. They can't go anywhere lest they trip over something. It's unclean. You know, or a bug falls into a sandwich or something, and the sandwich is unclean. And they eat it, and they're unclean. And they have to ceremony wash and be unclean till evening. Those guys, they are in a place of absolute purity. And then they come to the day where they have to carry this thing and they raise it aloft on their shoulders and there's a weightiness to the glory of God. There's a weightiness to this Ark of the Covenant. There's a weightiness to the presence of God and it costs you. And these guys are carrying this thing and I'm sure they were happy. But at the same time, there was that uncertainty and that fearfulness that we're carrying aloft the very presence of God into the city of Jerusalem. We are carrying the glory of God amongst the people of God into the city of God. And the weight of it and the bulk of it it is hard work and it's taxing on the flesh. And God would say that he wants to bring his glory back to his church. He wants to bring his presence back to his church. And he's looking for people who are going to be carriers of the living glory of the living God. But there is a cost. You can't carry the glory of God and keep living worldly. You can't carry the holiness and the beauty and the majesty and the anointing of the living God on your shoulders if you are living a casual, indifferent, worldly life. There is a price, but it's an invitation, hallelujah. I mean, who would love to be one that could carry the Ark of the Covenant? Who would want to have the living glory of God manifest on you 24 seven? I'm sure most of us would say yes until we start thinking about it, because you see, flesh doesn't like, does not like, cannot cope with the glory of God. It cannot cope with these things. Why? Because it's Paul says in Romans, that the carnal mind is incapable of submitting to spiritual things. The carnal flesh doesn't like it, yet God has chosen in these, in these little clay pots and earthen vessels that we are, that he wants to manifest his glory in us and he wants to manifest his power in us in these days. But God is putting out a call to his people, saying, hey, this is an invitation. God is inviting us into the greatest momentous moment in living history that we're coming into. And the invitation is, are you hungry for the glory of God? Do you want it with everything you've got? Are you prepared to lay down your life for the glory of the kingdom of God? Hallelujah, glory be to God. Are you prepared to lay down all your fears and your ambitions and just say, Lord, here I am, take me. Lord God, use me in my weakness, use me in my bentness. But Lord, make me, make me like a, a sword and beat it into shape, Lord Jesus, into something that you can use for your glory. And let me be a carrier of the living God. Let me be one that can be a living ark of the covenant that I can carry within me the word of God, that I can be used by you to carry that anointing oil and bring healing and bring salvation to the nations. Oh, but there's a price. There's a price. And not everybody wants to pay that price. And Jesus is okay with that. Because he loves you. But the invitation to his church in these days that we're coming into is Jesus is inviting his church to come to a greater place of purity. A greater place of holiness. But not just being good and righteous for the sake of it. But because you are burning in your inner man and woman a burning fire for the love of Christ. That you love him. That you love him. And that you want to be one that has the Ark of the Covenant and the presence of God upon you all of the time. But it will change you. The things that you once enjoyed will fade away. The way that you've lived your life will become meaningless. And God is calling for a people, and it doesn't matter if you're young, and it doesn't matter if you're old. Everybody can carry this. But it is weighty, and it is heavy, but man it's it's glorious it's so so glorious And God is saying to his church in this hour, because sadly, there are many who are not interested in this kind of message. They are not interested in wanting the glory of God in their lives, and they're not interested in carrying it for him. It's as crazy as this sounds. There will just be many Christians that just don't want this. This is an inconvenience to their lives. It's not convenient for me to live my life like this. I don't want to become one of those holy roles. I don't want to become one of those crazy, radical Christians. Because I'm more interested in what people will think of me when they look at me than understanding my identity and knowing who I am in Christ Jesus. And instead, instead of being more concerned about what I look like, maybe we should be more concerned of the image of the one that we are carrying be brought out through us. So that when people see you, they don't see you with all your mistakes and all your weaknesses and all your issues and all your problems, but they see the living Christ himself manifest in you. But brothers and sisters, and this is what I believe the Spirit is really wanting to say to us as well. There's no room for judgmentalism in this. There is a paradigm in the things of the Spirit that go way beyond black and white. And we get an example of this, I think in John chapter 8, when Jesus... uh, that woman is caught in the very act of adultery, his place before his feet. Now, Jesus, depending on your theology, is the one that gave the law. He gave the law. He is the lawgiver. And there he is writing on the sand. We don't know what he's writing, but we could all survive some ideas, but we have no idea. He's writing there in the sand. Here is... The one who gave the Torah. So if there's anyone who has the right to be judgmental, and if there's anyone who has the right to be critical, and if anyone has the right to condemn that woman to death, it would be him. There he is writing in the sand. And then he says, hey guys, <laughs> he who is first without sin, you cast the first stone. Interesting, it was the oldest to the youngest, because the, the young people are like, oh, got nothing wrong with me. I'm like radical for Jesus. There's nothing wrong with me. But those are, those are a bit older. are like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm, I'm a sinner. I've done things wrong. I shouldn't have done it. I've fessed up. Yeah, I've dropped your rock. All walked away, throwing down their rocks. And then Jesus, who is God himself in flesh, who gave the Torah, of which this woman had been call, uh, caught breaking it. He said to her, Hey, where are your accusers? I have no accusers. And then he says this. I don't accuse you either. But then he does this. Now go sin. No more. He showed her the love and the long suffering and compassion of God that it would lead her to repentance that can then lead her back to the law. Now go sin. No more. We can't be in this time and in this, t- in, this, in this move of God, there's no room for being judgmental and critical. I'm not talking about, you know, if there's someone that's in a really bad state and they and they need someone to come alongside them and say, hey mate, you're really doing something out of order there, you're hurting yourself and you're hurting other people. That's not that's not being judgmental or critical, that's just like, that's a job that just needs to be done. I'm talking about when you think that you're more pious than your neighbor, because I do this, you don't, and, and all this kind of stuff, you know, where we think we're better and above everybody else, because here's the reality, when you look into the face of the sovereign God and you see his purity and you see his majesty and you see his glory and you you see his beautifulness and you see his power then you will become like Isaiah woe woe is me i am a man of unclean lips and i live amongst the people of unclean lips suddenly your little one degree of holiness over your brother and sister just melts into insignificance God is looking for his bride to take her place. God is looking for his bride to rise up and become all that she is meant to be. And God wants to bring the glory of God back to the church again. God wants his church to be walking in power and signs and wonders again. Whatever uh, I can hear people's thoughts, whatever it is you think that you can do or you know, try and just try and put it over there somewhere. Because whatever it is you think you know, put it over there, because whatever's coming is beyond anything that you think or you know. It is beyond our wildest understanding and our wildest imaginings. Just as I said a few weeks ago in the the changing season sermon, I said, God is going to take us out of Egypt. But when he brought them out of Egypt, what did he do? He took them out into the wilderness and they got to see things that had never been seen before. I mean, anyone here has seen the Red Sea part and a whole generation of people walk through it and then it defeat the enemy? Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen the, the column of fire by night and the pillar of smoke by day? Have you ever seen that before? No. Were you there at the Mount Sinai with the glory of God manifest and the place is ripping apart with his voice and trembling and shaking? and He's so holy saying don't even let anything come near the perimeter of this mountain because if it does it shall surely die. Any of us ever experienced that? No. (laughs) This was what they experienced when they left Egypt and this is God what wants for his church to experience. We're going into new places, into new territory, and we're going to see wonderful things that have not been seen before. We're going to experience things of God that no one in church history has experienced before. But God is crying out to his church in this hour, who is going to carry my presence? Who is going to be a bearer of my ark? Who is going to be one that's prepared to live their lives for me a daily sacrifice you see carrying your cross is the secret to carrying God's power laying down your life each day and dying to yourself but living for Christ is the key to the days in which we're coming into God wants to empower his church with signs and wonders not for the sake of it not for the fun of it but because of the days in which we're coming into God is preparing his church for the end of days and the end day church needs to be something to be reckoned with and at this time she's not really much to be reckoned with God wants his church to be a gleaming gleaming, shining bright light hallelujah is your name is your name John yeah yeah sorry John God would say to you that you have had a lot of pain and hurt and disappointment in your life and God your father is saying to you son just please give me your pain don't don't be angry just give me your pain and I will heal you and I will set you free and I will change you and I will transform you and I'll do wonderful things in you and your heart I will free it up God's saying to you, don't keep carrying the burden of that grief. He doesn't want you to carry it because ultimately it will undo you. And God wants to set you free. Jesus took that burden when he was at the cross. Give it to him. Let him take it because it's already been dealt with 2,000 years ago. Don't carry that which you don't need to carry anymore. Don't let it eat you up when you can be free. Amen. Back to our scripture, when it was reported to King David that the Lord had blessed the household of Obed-Edom and all that he possessed because of the Ark of God, David went, up, went, went to bring up the Ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with joy. And as soon as the bearers of the Ark of the Lord had advanced six steps, he sacrificed an ox and a fatling. Then David came with dancing before the Lord with abandon, girt with a linen ephod. yeah dancing i tell you what when the joy when the, when the presence of god is back in the house there is there is joy i know it's heavy sometimes i know it gets a bit serious it's like oh god is here but it's also a joyous thing as well our god is with us he is in the midst of us he is our god now if you were an israeli in the old testament days and you were going out to war and then the ark of the covenant came out with you guys you're like yes god's coming out to fight with us yes we're on the winning team hallelujah you know how it makes you feel well guess what guys you are on the winning team and your God is for you and he's not against you. Hallelujah. And so there needs to be joy in the house of the Lord again. Oh, glory, there's going to be such joy in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah, there's going to be such joy in the house of the Lord. It's going to be so, I can't wait to get to church. You know, those days of, oh, I can't bother it today. It's going to be like, I can't wait to get to church. You know, it's going to be like counting down the days you Go, Well, you know, church isn't the building. But let me tell you something wherever it is if there's a building with a roof over it it's much better than being outside where there isn't a roof we know that because we did it for a year okay so if you've got any issues with buildings you can go out in the field and get blizzarded on and uh, snowed on and get like fire and lightning and stuff and rained and and get the sun burning your skin off you you go do it go do it it's fun sometimes but mostly it really isn't so i don't have a problem with coming into a building and god being here and us having a a real cool time with jesus hallelujah <laughs> David came dancing before the Lord with abandon, girt with a linen ephod. David and all the house of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the sound of the shofar as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David. Hallelujah! God wants to bring joy back to the house. There's a lot of you. Here and you, you are in a you, you know deep down inside, and this amazes me. I'll I'll be honest with you, as a pastor, I'm not, I'm not being rude to you. I'm just, I'm just being honest because I've had my own issues as well. But there's some of you that are carrying some pain that you've been carrying for so long, and I'm like, why, why would you walk around with that? And Jesus is saying, no, that like that woman that was bound up for 18 years walking around, and she she got Jesus got told off for healing her on the Sabbath. Six days thou shalt heal, but not on the Sabbath. And, and he said, is it not right that it was all right for you to loose your donkey this morning? Is it not right that this daughter of Abraham be loosed? Love the sarcasm there. You know. And, and God is saying to some of you people here, you're a child of Abraham. And it's not, it's not God's pleasure and delight that you should be bound by your problems and your issues. And there's times coming, brothers and sisters, where you're not going to need hours and hours of counselling and ministry You're just going to come into the presence of God and you're going to go away changed and transformed. And the more you come into the presence of God and the more you bask in his presence, you will go from one degree of glory to another. You will be changed and transfigured and transformed. Hallelujah. God is going to do some wonderful things, saints. He's going to do some wonderful things. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Man, I can feel it. The air is electric. Man, you know, when you come to church and you expect God to do something, God never disappoints. Never. I've never, ever been to a meeting where the air is electric for God to do something and he doesn't do something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name. Lord Jesus, Lord, I thank you for today. Lord, a simple message. But Lord, I pray, Lord, that we will take this message away, Lord God, that we will take seriously, Lord God, about being carriers, Of your glory and willing to pay the price Lord Jesus but Lord the joy that is set before us if we do oh and the adventures that we can have with the living God as well blessed be your name Jesus blessed be your name forevermore amen Amen.